Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart And welcome to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with old-timey new serial footage of a char-chewing Tom Hanks. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I'm the best goddamn candy bar salesman in all of the greater tri-state area. I am uh, Luke Patrick. This week we watched 1992's A League of Their Own. Luke, how was your watch this week? Fuck, I can't keep it up. Uh, <laughs> I was just contemplating having to do that voice for the rest of this episode, and I did die a lot inside. So It would be 20 minutes. I can say that. Yeah. Well, Sam, I'm going to flip this around on you first, because I, well, you, to part the kimono a bit, we have talked about how we both have a lot to talk about as far as our watches go. So I, I don't know. Do you want me to just go ahead and dive into that? Or do you want to spill the beans on your side first? Uh, I'm, I can start with it. Okay. Um, Luke, I made two critical mistakes. Mm, I need to hear about those. Uh, one, I, uh, I watched this movie last night with my wife mm-hmm. um, after a, a day in which I woke up at, at one in the morning uh, not feeling so hot, having having some some gut pain, and I was up uh, for for the rest of the night. So so I got maybe two hours of sleep, uh, and then uh, because I was worried about uh, being sick and and wasn't feeling so hot, I I did not really eat in the traditional sense of the word, <laughs> um, or in any sense of the word. I had uh, two crackers and. Over the course of the day, two pieces of toast. No, mm. three. Three pieces of toast. Yeah, it's a meal by technicality. Yeah, so that was that was what I consumed for the entire day. So by by the time we got to movie movie time, I had a splitting headache. I was uh, extremely hungry and <laughs> exhausted. Uh, so and oh. and just. Not in a good mood to watch a movie. Yeah. Um. So so that was mistake number one. Was watching mm. it last night. Yeah, that's abnormal for you. You usually get up in the mornings to do this, right? Right. Yeah. Well, Kenna wanted to watch it, and mm-hmm. and we were gonna try to get an earlier start this morning, uh, since yesterday was kind of a waste. I did. I should also admit right now, I did doze during parts of this movie because I was so <laughs> tired. Sam. 
I was I I, I was awake for about ninety nine percent of it. I did doze a little bit during the World Series. Yeah, well, I won't shame you too much. It but feels y- appropriate. Yeah, you're about to get roasted after hearing about my watch, given your sort of commitment to this project. But I did receive yeah. the doctor's note you sent, and it does check out, so that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then mistake number two. Uh, this morning, McKenna and I watched Netflix's Enola Holmes, mm. uh, starring Millie Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm familiar. Uh, and she, I didn't know that she also produced the movie. Oh, damn. Yeah, a little bit. I was like, man, she's like half my age and she's already producing flicks. And here mm-hmm. I am talking about Tom Hanks's cock. Yeah. One of but, us is um, succeeding. And <laughs> it's clear who. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, I'm doing better than Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. But yeah, so I watched that movie this morning. Um, and, and not to tip my hat a little bit for the review portion of this, but it was a mistake to watch a movie that was a little more memorable than this one. <laughs> You've muddied the waters for yourself. <laughs> I did. I did. So so the, that was my watch situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, sh- I should also add one more detail to this. Okay. Yeah, please. When, when Ken and I watched last night, she uh, sat down on the couch with a uh, bowl of popcorn Mm-hmm. And I, I looked in it and noticed that it had Reese's Pieces in it as well. Mm. And she did this uh, not in a hostage situation, not with a gun to her <laughs> head, but of her own volition. And that was pretty distressing, too. Yeah, I'm struggling to handle that. I was at your wedding. I heard your vows. There was nothing about war crimes. I think Mm-mm. you're allowed to leave if you wanted to. <laughs> I think so. And, you know, maybe I will. Yeah. That seems fair. How was your watch, which I'm starting to think was maybe some sort of disaster? Oh, my dude, buckle up. I need to hear those uh, seatbelts snap into place because this is... Sam, I had the most chaotic, catastrophic <laughs> watch I have oh, ever God. had for one Holy of these shit. movies. So <laughs> I'll take you back to Friday night, which is usually when I watch these things is... Mm-hmm. Friday night, I finish work, I eat some food, I watch the movie, it's an easy, chill time. So, cut to Friday, I had a late work appointment, so I finished that. We have a guest in town joining our quarantine bubble, so that was exciting. Uh, didn't feel like doing it, didn't do it. Didn't watch the movie Friday night. Seemed All fine. Right. I would wake up on Saturday. Sam, I woke up on Saturday with beyond cold feet. I had, I don't know, <laughs> freeze-dried feet at this point. So. Oh, <laughs> struggled to commit to watching the movie at all during the day uh culminating in the evening pulling up the movie then realizing i didn't want to do it so not doing that (laughs) combined with the fact that during the day there was a wildfire that appeared uh within 15 miles of our house close enough that i could walk out onto my porch and see the mountain on fire Um, sweet fuck so all of this is happening. I'm very distracted. There are a lot of other things I'd rather be doing. I'm tired because of work. Um, there's a literal f- flaming hill outside of my house. Um, oh, shit. So <laughs> we're preparing to flee. And Sam, how the fuck do you pit fit Tom Hanks into <laughs> that situation? Bud? <laughs> fuck, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how. Which is you start the movie at 1030 at night on a laptop 
with the headphones on, sitting next to two people having a much better time playing video games, who you'd rather be interacting with, <laughs> while you sit like a monk on your laptop. <laughs> Sam, it gets worse. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Look. So, this is how it began, and then, um, you know, I'm sitting there studiously taking almost two pages of notes, and uh, eventually, the other two people involved, my wife and our guest, go to bed. So now it's past midnight. Oh, no. I have an hour left on this movie. I stayed up for an hour to watch this thing uninterrupted. Late into the night, all the lights are off. It's just me and my lappy top, my dude, <laughs> in this goddamn movie. Mm. Look, that is that is apocalyptic. Yeah, can I say I feel relieved just having told someone that? <laughs> like yeah. that was weighing on me. Yeah, you needed to get that off your chest. Holy shit. Oh. Man, uh, this is this is where the project really hits the road. The rubber meets the road, the project yeah. rubber. Fuck almighty. So I do think it's interesting because I did forget to mention that I put on the movie and maybe five minutes in, I just was over overwhelmed by the thought, I don't want to watch this. Yes. Hey, and bud, I did the exact same thing. Four minutes and 30 seconds was my first <laughs> pass through at this thing. Why? I don't I don't quite understand why I why neither of us wanted to watch this at all cuz mm. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. And we'll get into that. It is not a bad movie. No, not not by any means. Yeah. It's well constructed and we'll get into some of the things that I, you know, that led you to go into a coma during uh-huh. this movie. Um but yeah, I don't know what it was. This week was just maybe the fact that it's week 16, I think. Doofa, doofa. Yeah. And yeah, that that would do it. The first five minutes are pretty punishing in terms of getting you to get into the space because it does start out at some random house and some random people who aren't Tom Hanks talking yeah. about stuff. Yeah, it really does. And it's also... It's also a distressingly long movie and so mm-hmm. i don't know if you paused it kind yeah. of a good ways in thinking surely they've about wrapped this up only <laughs> to find that there was maybe an hour left and then you paused it again and discovered oh god there's 30 minutes left how is there still 30 minutes of movie to put into this yeah sam i will quote you from my notes posted at 117 in the morning how are there 17 minutes left on this goddamn movie yeah it hoof it goes Mm-hmm. And goes and goes and goes and goes <laughs> and goes and goes for two hours and seven minutes. And I will be fucked dead if, if <laughs> it doesn't squeeze every ounce of movie out yeah. of those two hours and seven minutes. Yeah, say what you will about it. It is a full movie. For the entire runtime of two hours and seven minutes, which, as we talked about last episode, is now the only criteria I have for a movie. And two hours and seven minutes is too long. Now, if I may, Enola Holmes was in the same range. It was like two hours and some change. Mm-hmm. And that did not drag like this did. Mm. 
Uh, also, not a spectacular movie. It's good. It's yeah. not spectacular. But um, I I did enjoy it more. And I will say, at uh, part of that may have just been that I got to look at Henry Cavill for about oh, two hours. Any chance to stare at Henry Cavill, whether he's making a PC or he's butchering people uh, in Blaviken, is, you know, it's a good day getting oh, Sir Henry Cavill in, up in the mix. Yeah, in... Look, it was a much better start to this day than my start to the day yesterday. Yeah, I feel you on all accounts, and I am happy to report that there is no threat of evacuation anymore on my well, end thank of Thank God for that. Yeah, um, can tell you from experience now that if you if you put a life-threatening or property-threatening situation in front of me, I will absolutely ditch this project. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's good to know that we've got some limits. <laughs> there but are limits. I, I won't lie, Luke. I'm a I'm a little disappointed that you wouldn't just take this show on the road. Yeah. Uh, if you had to evacuate and just sort of keep this thing a mobile operation. It would have been interesting to have been recording this from a hotel room somewhere near the Kansas border. Yeah. While we uh, waited. I desperately hope that if you do have to evacuate, that you that you get your uh your wife your cats maybe like some toiletries some clothes and also your your mic because <laughs> uh, you not being home luke is not an excuse <laughs> even death even death is not an excuse <laughs> we will uh you know get a medium in here to uh make yeah. sure that my audio comes through exactly i really hesitate to ask this but did you miss tom <sighs> So, it's complicated, is what my Facebook page says now <laughs> with Tom Hanks. Because, my dude, here's the thing. I We had a blast last week with Joe versus the Volcano. Oh, yeah. And we knew we were about to head into Serious Street. There's no argument that this is a much more serious role mm-hmm. uh, for Tom Hanks, depending on the, the scene in the movie. Um, I'm stalling. I guess the answer is maybe. I've never said a maybe before on this show. Yeah. I, I, it is definitely a first for the show, and uh, it's about to be a second because I'm in the same territory. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if I missed him. I genuinely don't know. Yeah, I don't have an answer for you. I, he's this weird constant presence in my life now. I kind mm-hmm. of expect him, so I don't know if it's if I'm even capable of missing him. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you miss like air? Do you miss <laughs> <laughs> furniture that you know is going to be there forever? Yeah. Uh, you know he's there, and I don't, fuck it. Can you just explain <laughs> the plot? <laughs> I got one more. If there's, a, if there's a tree in the forest and no one's there to see it, do you miss the tree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give you the plot. This one's actually kind of hard because, as we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about, there are huge stretches of this mo- movie that are pretty banal so i'll do my best um yeah yeah you don't have a simple test this week no um so i will preface this by saying that this movie is dedicated to the women's baseball league the women's professional baseball league that appeared in the 1940s uh, i want to say 43 um so obviously we have a lot of respect for that um it was a mm-hmm. phenomenal thing that happened great to see a movie about it i think they stopped in the 50s it would be lovely to you know, fix some of that within our own pro leagues or create another league similar to this. But anyway. Oh, um, 100%. Yeah, all that aside, that that wonderful message aside, here's the plot of the movie, which is we start somewhere, I guess, in 
Oregon or Washington somewhere uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Okay, Oregon. Let's say Oregon. Uh, There's two sisters. There's Kit and Dot. Is that correct? Uh, Dottie, but yeah. Dottie. Okay, so Dottie and Kit are uh, two sisters working on a dairy farm. They're playing sort of local scrapball leagues for, uh, you know, playing for the dairy farm, competing against other locals. The Lukash Dairy. Mm, Thank you. I'm glad to see you recorded some of the names because I have a few of them. Uh, recorded but not that early as stated i was watching this in a darkened room with a laptop <laughs> next to people doing more interesting things <laughs> oh okay it take two so act one is them in the pacific northwest playing ball they are scouted by a very curmudgeonly scout um who is finding new players for a women's league while all of the uh, dudes are off fighting world war ii this is the 1940s So they go to a training camp. They meet some other people. They are admitted to the camp. The major dramatic question of this movie that's asked at almost precisely 10 minutes, uh, textbook, is whether or not Kit will learn to kind of be okay with the fact that her sister, who she got into baseball, is like a phenomenal baseball player. Um, We're going to go down a lot of other tangents in Acts 2 and 3 before we go back to that, but that is ostensibly what this movie is about. Mm Mm-hmm. So act two, they join the team. It takes 30 minutes before we even see a whiff of Tom Hanks. Was it 30? Yeah, 30 minutes and I think 38 seconds is what I Holy recorded. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in act one, we do get to meet Sir Tom Hanks, uh, who is a disgraced baseball player who's now the manager of their their team in the league. He's pretty hesitant about managing uh, a women's baseball team. He's a not recovering alcoholic. He's just an alcoholic. And then Sam, honestly, acts one and two, they play some baseball. Um, Yep. That's what happens. There's a mild amount of drama in act two between Kit and Dottie as uh, Dottie becomes quite the star within the league. Diamond, Queen of Diamonds, I think is what they call her. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so she's a star player, sort of the Kobe Bryant of the entire league. And then uh, Kit gets transferred to Racine, and there's some more baseball, and they end up in the World Series playing against each other, of course, because it's a sports movie. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Racine wins, and Dottie goes home to now that her husband's back from the war, and Kit keeps playing baseball. Sam, that's... I mean, there's a lot of details, but... My dude, was that the plot? (laughs) Yeah, I think. So (laughs) so let me let me ask you this, because because I had the impression that this movie was originally intended to have a narrator. Hmm. Because there are a lot of like long shots where nothing is really happening. Mm-hmm. It'll be like a like a far-out view of like them practicing or some shit like that, but it's like not really a lot happening in the shot. Sure. It seems like that's when you would have like Dottie be like, and at that point, we were doing X, Y, and Z, and, you know, we mm-hmm. uh, kit uh, shatter pants on the bus, and, you know, like that, that that's <laughs> kind of what that would serve because otherwise it ends up being essentially like a, like a series of vignettes. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's so hard to break down into a plot because there are pieces. So one, I forgot Tom Hanks's narrative in this, which is he kind of cleans up and then also gets really into managing this team. Uh, yeah. At the end, he turns down an offer to go manage a pro, uh, like a pro baseball 
league, uh, the men's league, to instead continue to do this. So, like, good for Tom. He's kind of dry, we think. But, yeah, you're totally right. Like, when I say they go play baseball, literally they go to the training camp, the scouting camp. We have a five-minute montage of people just kind of doing baseball stuff. Mm -hmm. And then repeat ad nauseum for the rest of the movie, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot of that. And then, again, like, it'll basically, like, kind of fade out and then cut into a new scene. And then, like, there's just that long shot where it's like you could slap a, a narrator right in there to give some context to what's happening. And it would mm-hmm. work kind of perfectly. It's just not there. Hey, even down to the point that, again, to harp on the fact that we, we definitely are not opposed to this message. Like, there's there's pieces of this movie, like, apparently this is a real thing. In this league, they forced all of the women to go to what amounts to, like, a cotillion school. Yes. But it doesn't really... It's not like the movie's trying to get across the shittier parts of this league and why mm-hmm. it was so sexist. We just kind of see them doing that. Where I feel like you're right. Like, if we had someone over it going, this was bullshit... <laughs> Um, they made yeah. us do posture classes. Yeah, and then like they they even had like that actress playing like older Dottie, mm-hmm. uh, who would have been perfect because the really it's mm. the movie's bookended. Yeah, by like Dottie being at home, not wanting to go to like the reunion yeah. or something of of the people from her team. Yeah, for the like women's league section of the baseball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And so she she like is dragged out by her kid, yeah, and and gets the baseball field, and she's sitting there watching like I guess her former teammates like playing, yeah, uh, for a little bit, and then she has what, in all honesty, can only be be described as a stroke, because <laughs> because both McKenna and I saw it where like the music like slow down slows down and like gets kind of warped. Mm-hmm. And then the camera like zooms in on her as she like kind of goes almost like slack in the face. Mm. And we both went stroke. Is she okay? <laughs> Can we help uh, her? Yeah. So, so she has a stroke and then it's the flashback to them, like to, to the whole story of, of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after the world series and all that shit, it then cuts back to older Dottie and she checks out the women's league section of the the baseball hall of fame. Right. And she would have been the perfect narrator because mm-hmm. it set her up as like these are her memories and so her talking over it and being like look at the bullshit that the men made us do. Yeah. Oh, um, 100%. Man, we don't usually delve into serious advice. I feel like you fucking nailed it. Cuz cuz yeah, like I struggled to follow it because mm. there is there's not necessarily like any explanation of what's happening mm-hmm. it's just like here's here's them pl- playing baseball and then like they went dancing at the suds bucket yeah and then they went and played baseball again yeah which is i mean to be fair that's a pretty classic sports movie but the stakes are pretty low yes and then like a, a lot of it seems like it, it's sort of weird because it's like the stakes are kind of low for them, but they're high for the dude who's like running the league. Yes, and so Ira it's like something Lowenstein. That sounds right. Yeah. So it's like this sort of weird message of like women like having to do all this work so that one dude can kind of reap all the rewards. Mm-hmm. The the movie actually 
has some weird messages about women, and I I don't know if you uh, felt the same, but but it's got this odd ass message. I thought mm-hmm. I did pick up. I don't know if this is what you're referring to, but there is a little bit of what I would kind of define as like s- emotional stereotyping. Like there are a lot of instances where, like I'm thinking of the the moment where Tom Hanks yells at one of the ladies and she begins to cry like a normal person. Yeah. But I think there's there's a layer of, of stereotyping involved with the emotions that people are expressing that I don't know feels very good. Yeah. So so there's that. And then like ostensibly like the movie is this sort of like, uh, you know, like women are fucking great. And and, and that like kind of uh, to sort of be kind of it, it's imperfect, but kind of a, a like girl power message mm. almost. Yeah. So it's it's got that. But then, like, it, it, it treats one of the characters like shit because she's not conventionally attractive? Hey, yeah, I wrote in my notes in all caps and bolded, she looks fine, holy shit. Yeah, Marla, I think mm-hmm. is the character's name, who the actress actually went on to play Broomhilda in uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> nice. Um, you love yeah. to see it. The, the movie treats Marla like complete shit, and she's not. She's just a normal-looking person. Yeah, 100%. She's completely fine. And that to your point about how we're trying to ram home the fact that this was in part a sexist activity by the men organizing it. They wanted beautiful ladies to be out in the field in these really ridiculous outfits that, like their skirts, which I don't know if you've ever tried to slide in baseball, but... You know, it's going to fucking hurt if you're on bare skin sliding mm-hmm. across the dirt like that. And actually, a lot of the injuries that we see in this movie are real. Like there's a shot of I can't remember who it was, but one of the ladies has a really horrible looking bruise on her thigh. And apparently that oh, was. Yeah. Yeah. That one was real. Holy shit. Yeah. Because I mean, there's a reason you wear pants for this. So it was right. A horrible thing to do. Um, but yeah, to your point. It's never really driven home exactly what that was like outside of these short glimpses. And it's hard to mm-hmm. square with the end narrative here when we see them all grown up because I thought that was really powerful. Like, yes, we've spent this yeah. entire movie with, you know, these younger ladies out here doing a really brave thing and having a great time. Uh, and then to see them much later in life and to be, you know, being honored for it, like, it was a really cool through line there. And I think you're right. If we if we had amped it up more, it could have been awesome uh, to have that yeah. final moment. Because as, as long as the movie was and as as sort of sleepy as I got towards the end, I did <laughs> I did love the the end bit with all the like older you know them all older and at the Hall of Fame like that was really well done and like like pretty fucking powerful. Yeah, I mean there were I'll tell you there were two moments in this movie where I genuinely came close to tears. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a, a strange version of what's your favorite moment <laughs> thing we do often. <laughs> what got you closest to crying? So here's my two. One is the war telegram scene. Mm, uh, yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was tough. Genuinely pretty arresting. Um, so they're all in the locker room, and then a guy shows up with a telegram, classic World War II piece, um, where one of their husbands has died, and it's it's genuinely moving. So I put I had about a tenth of a cry on that one. But yeah. not because of the impact, because we moved on from it, like, immediately. And then, yeah, my other one was at the very end of this movie. It was genuinely powerful to have all of these awesome women 
uh, you know, being honored for for what they did. So I had a, had about a fifth of a cry in that one. Got me pretty far. Hey, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know that I came close to crying during this one. Yeah, I had I had had my almost cry earlier in the day listening to an episode of The Adventure Zone. So <laughs> that's fair. That was the day I was having. Yeah. But yeah, no, it does have some genuinely powerful moments with some really fucking good performances. I mean, yeah. like I would I would say everyone did a really good job in it. Oh, 100%. Um, Again, this movie is not it's worth a watch. Let's say that. If you're inclined to see it or you have some nostalgia for it, it's it's great. It's a well-made movie. I can see why you fell asleep though because there are in sort yeah. of the big sports movie hits like the playoff games or the the rising action is like we're seeing the team out there scrapping we're kind of boring for the most part a little bit and now i will say if you don't like baseball or don't understand baseball this becomes a much more challenging movie <laughs> now sam uh, that was one of my questions for you do you like baseball no i mm. don't i don't understand baseball so like the end scene where like uh, Kit is trying to get to home base and Dottie has the ball. Or, I didn't understand it fully. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, didn't know what happened. Because it's like, because they like slam into each other. And I was like, okay, I my understanding of baseball law is that she's been tagged <laughs> out. Yeah. And then it cuts to like them like lying in a heap on the ground and then a baseball rolling out of someone's hand. And I was like, what What does that mean? What What just happened <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, to be a counter to that, I love baseball and grew up playing it and watching it and would have been so into uh, maybe a little bit more high energy uh, montage of some of these pieces. But that is a very interesting point that you've raised, which is I don't know <laughs> if that's accurate, that last scene. I I just don't. I don't know anything about baseball, so I was like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, that's a challenging hurdle for a baseball movie. And it's it's like the scene of the movie. It's like the big, yeah. like kind of climactic moment. And I believe I wrote something down about that. Oh, I did just write, I don't know shit about baseball. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Oh, I do, I do want to talk about two other things. Hey, I was going to say, actually, because I've got a suggestion. So we've we've been wallowing in the muck here. I've got a lot of really short blast ideas here. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Do you want to just rapid fire off some of some of these extra bits? I'm sure you got some notes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one, the movie gets real horny uh, kind of <laughs> midway through and just like it's a normal movie that's like not like trafficking in the same kind of sexism that like the characters in the movie are. Sure. And then about midway through, it's like, hey, what if we had all of them in their underwear a lot? Yeah, it is fair. So, yeah, let's just go back and forth on this. Okay, yeah, so one for me. The first time we really see Tom Hanks after he's offered this job is when he's blind drunk and he walks in and pees in a sink. Uh, the women time him, and then the amazing line, boy, that was some good peeing, is said. Okay, now I know we wanted to do quick hits on this, but <laughs> we need to dwell on this one because... Tom Hanks and his fat cock mm. can store a lot of urine. He, I forget what the total was, but it's a lot. It was a lot, and like, it was uh, sustained, and it sounded like a, a pretty substantial sort of piss stream. Mm. So it wasn't mm. like a trickle that whole no. time. 
And I don't know if you notice this because look, I'm on I'm on Dick Watch every week, <laughs> and so he had to really like pull things down to tuck his business back into his pants. Yeah, and I was like, that's that's not what someone with a micro penis does. Let me say, yeah, that's some that's some evidence. Hey, this is the second time we've seen him pissing too. It is. Yeah. Yeah. From the money pit when he pees in the fountain. Uh, definitely our most grizzled Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, hit me. Hit me with another one, my man. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, uh, <laughs> the bus driver threw dirt in their like chaperone's face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then left, and then yep. Tom wakes up against I assume still drunk and just yells, "Who was Lou?" <laughs> I had that too. That was possibly my final quote. Was I was gonna say Lou quit. Who is Lou? <laughs> that was pretty good. Okay, on my end, uh, you know that I am a recovering alcoholic, and I'd like to, uh, you know, confirm the idea that, as Tom Hanks proves in this movie, you can cure your alcoholism with Coca Cola, because uh, Dottie just hands him a Coke instead of his flask, and uh, that's all it takes, folks, is one Coca Cola. Yeah, I did like that this was Tom's second Coca-Cola ad. Mm-hmm. With uh, even higher stakes this time. Now his sobriety mm-hmm. is pinned, you know, <laughs> pegged to it. Jesus. Well, uh, how about John Lovitz as Ernie Cappadino talking about how he was going to go home and give his wife a little pickle tickle? <laughs> you liked that? You liked the pickle I tickle? I did. I did like the pickle tickle. <laughs> Honestly, I love jo- uh, just John Lovitz. Yeah, it was a good little, uh, not quite a cameo, slightly more than a cameo, but not a role. I guess a role. Yeah. Okay, another quick one was that uh, one of the women creates a song for the league, which is wonderful, but in said song, they say they have some Canadians on the team, and then ex- explicitly they say some of us are Canadian. Then the refrain from the song is that we are all Americans. So... Yeah, a confusing song. Yeah. Um, I and I don't know if you heard because it's it's kind of in the background, but one of the characters says that she has to go back home to Saskatchewan after mm-hmm. the season. Mm-hmm. So yep. why why it's called an all American girls, which <laughs> mm, fuck you, nineteen forties, uh, baseball league when one is definitely Canadian, and they yeah. also uh, uh shouted out the Swedes, mm-hmm, and the Irish. Those are the only groups in America at the time. Yeah. All right. Well, hit me. Hit me with one more. One more. I got one okay. more for you after that. The chocolate magnate has too many teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I respect and appreciate you so much. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Every time he smiled, it looks like there were just too too many teeth <laughs> slammed jammed into his mouth. They were all like straight and perfect, but fuck me, there were just too many. It was like looking at a horse's mouth. <laughs> Too many teeth, or they were too big. Something was wrong with the man's teeth, and I didn't appreciate it. All right. Hey, I won't be critical. That was, <laughs> you know, some good peeping, some good teeth peeping. Um, the The last one I have uh, for you, Sam, is that in this movie, Tom Hanks hits a kid with the glove hard enough to knock him over, and everyone sees oh, this yeah. as a good thing. Yeah. Was that when Tom was talking about how he, like, basically loves violence against kids? Yeah, pretty much. And for the folks at home, uh, playing along at home, there's a kid who, I don't remember his name, but he's essentially Augustus Blute from, uh, Blute? Yeah. Is that his name? Glute? Augustus Glute from, um, 
uh, Willy Wonka. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of his whole thing. Loves chocolate, and he's parading around. And Tom beans him in the fucking face with a glove. He does. Like, kills that kid. Yeah. Uh, you got, do you have one more for me? Any other tasty, tasty nuggets? Uh, yeah, it was, um, and again, this is mostly me not understanding baseball, but just, like, during the game when he finally, like, takes an interest in, in managing the team, mm-hmm. and he and is Gina Davis are both just, like, back and forth, like, just pointing at different parts of their face. Yes. Uh, just, like, angrily doing, mm-hmm. like, like, nose, ear, chest, chest, <laughs> leg, nose, face, mouth, and just, bop, 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 bop. And yeah. I don't know what's happening. I don't fucking get baseball. Yeah, I I see your point now. That would be extremely confusing if you have basically no context for what baseball is or, uh, you know, how the baseball signaling works, which is what they're doing. They're saying go for a bunt or, you know, aim oh. it. You know, they're, they're telling the batter what to do. Oh. Yeah. Is that that's a real thing in baseball? Oh, yeah, dude. That's that's a huge thing. That is a legit piece of baseball. And to your point. Would make about no sense without that context. Yeah, it sort of looked like they were uh, doing like an an elaborate head, shoulders, knees, and toes routine. (laughs) I mean, essentially, yeah. You got it. You got what they were putting down. Luke, and I don't know if you're the one to answer this, why don't they do it in a more normal way? Um, Because you're not technically allowed to talk to the batter or the pitcher uh, without calling a timeout. So you you can give some little signals. Uh, that are arranged beforehand and also there's a secrecy element so you don't want the other team to know what you're what you're trying to accomplish what a goofy sport mm. yep it's uh huh. a lot of arcane rules involved yeah well do you have another man i think i'm out other than to say that this movie has a very young rosie o'donnell as a the daughter of yes. a stevedore presumably um from new jersey and she kills it and i loved her performance in this as a brash yeah. baseball player from new jersey yeah she does pretty well as does madonna mm-hmm. she was in here of all and she people did pretty well too mm-hmm. there's some great again the performances are hitting the mark all over yeah. the place uh can i can i hit you with one more quote yeah dude she hit the cream cheese out of that one <laughs> Made no fucking sense. There's some lovely little 40s-style idiom, idiomatic expressions from the announcers in this movie. That one was exceptional. Oh, yeah. Well, Luke, I gotta I gotta go uh, cash my paycheck for, for managing this women's baseball team. Uh, mm-hmm. Could you come with me to the Hanks Bank? Hell yeah, man. Luke, I put a bag over your head. <laughs> oh no Luke you have uh, had a black bag uh, thrown over your head and you've been dragged into a small room with no lights on I've ripped the bag off your head pulled on a, uh, a little, little string and I've lit a naked light bulb between us because mm. you find yourself in the conspiracy closet mm, I uh, like the direction all of this is going yeah so, uh, not not a lot in here with Tom, just because uh, not a lot of Tom in this movie. Yeah, and it's in 1943, right? Yeah, well, uh, something like that. And okay. that is where we get our connection. Mm. Because we've got a Tom Hanks, uh, whose, whose character name is Jimmy Dugan. Mm. 
who is coaching a baseball team. Now Luke, long, long ago, we watched a film called Every Time We Say Goodbye, in which a Tom Hanks living in the 1940s was teaching people how to play baseball. And I'm here to tell you, shit, those are the same man. Fuck me, dude. Yeah. So uh, Jimmy Dugan and David Bradford are both the same person, and they're also Tom Hanks. Whoa. Dude, I know this is just a conspiracy closet, like a bite-sized version. You have blown this thing wide open. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Again, Luke, you gotta keep your eyes peeled. Holy shit, and I knew you would have something. For our old pal, every time we say goodbye, the movie we uh, you notoriously skipped over in your uh, Santa-style conspiracy gift giving. You know, I had to keep that one close to my chest because I mm-hmm. knew I knew there was something there, Luke, but yeah. I didn't know exactly how it connected. I I had uh, on my wall, I had the photo of David Bradford pinned up there, and I just had a loose piece of red yarn, not yeah. going anywhere because I knew I knew David Bradford had something. But where? What was the connection? (laughs) And then this movie screams out of the darkness and says, here I am. (laughs) Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sensing that this is the connection has been made. But we haven't yet figured out the purpose of his either time traveling or by being a lizard person being, you know, long living enough to have experienced this on his own. Am I understanding that correctly? Okay. Yeah, we don't know what his machinations were Mm. uh, during this time in in his life. But I'm sure he was up to something. So I've got those two pinned together now. And there's another little piece of string that's just hanging, (laughs) waiting for another connection. Peepers are open, folks. Anything baseball related, 40s related, or uh, potentially uh, front meat related as well. Yeah. And, uh, and with that, Luke, the light is off, and I've shoved you out of the closet. Mm. I do hate to leave the closet, the closet only half-engorged, uh, but I think it's been a very rewarding experience. I thank you for your efforts, sir. Oh, you're welcome. Anything I can do for my country? <laughs> for our, our little mini-state, at least. <laughs> sure. Well, H- Sam... Hanksistan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sam, here from the Ministerial Department of, uh, of Public Relations, I guess, in Hankistan, uh, I do have a Hank Your Moneymaker for you, if you would like that, sir. Oh, God, Luke, I would love nothing more than to continue my losing streak. Mm, yeah, it'll be a nice little note to kind of head out on after this movie. Um, so for the new listeners, Hank Your Moneymaker is an idea where I pitch Sam three different uh, business ventures. One of which is correct, is a true entity, and the other two are utter falsehoods. And it's up to Sam to guess which of the three items is correct. So, Sam, are you ready? As ready as I could be. All right. Well, this week we've got Hank Your Moneymaker Broadway Edition, including the entire Hank's clan. Fuck. I'm going to pitch you three different Broadway performances from various people in the Hank's family, and you're going to guess which one is true. Ah, shit. Here we go. Tom Hanks, during a brief film hiatus from 1999 to 2000, played William Lohman in Death of a Salesman on Broadway. After a string of critical film successes, he chose the role to ground himself and to hone his acting chops. Oh, shit. 
Number two, from 2007 to 2009, Colin Hanks performed several times with indie off-Broadway troupe Social Apparatus, the brainchild of playwright Cheryl Aberdeen. Plays included Topiaries and Tapestries, One Night, One Chance, and a modern remake of Death of a Salesman. Fuck. All right. And finally, in 2015, Rita Wilson returned to Broadway in Larry David's family-centric, fast-paced comedy Fish in the Dark. Rita plays opposite Larry as his wife, and the play received mixed reviews for basically being Curb Your Enthusiasm, colon, the play. God damn it, Luke. <laughs> so, to give you the really quick recap, Tom Hanks in Death of a Salesman, Colin Hanks in some other plays, off-Broadway plays, plus a remake of Death of a Salesman, and Rita Wilson in Larry David's uh, Broadway debut, Fish in the Dark. I will now accept questions. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> Luke, again, you have shown... Uh a wild amount of skill with this really you should be applauded for your ability to to create these thank you sir it's been long enough since i wrote this one that i actually am kind of experiencing this from your side as well because (laughs) they're pretty convincing yeah shit uh you're gonna win the the medal of honor for hanksistan i've always wanted it uh which way? Which way are you leaning here? What are you thinking? Talk us. Talk us through your I, thought process. I think, I think the Rita Wilson one is not true. Mm. Okay. Um, mostly because I don't think, um, Larry David does Broadway because mm-hmm. I think he hates leaving L.A. <laughs> A fine uh, theory, sir. I th- I think I know that because I vaguely remember he was fucking relieved when when Bernie did not get the nomination, so he kept having to he'd have to <laughs> stop coming out to New York for SNL. Sure, that sounds accurate. Even if it's not true, it does feel like it's true, and that's yeah. good enough. Uh, now the next, see, Colin and Tom. This is really tough. Mm-hmm. So that leaves you with either Tom Hanks performing in Death of a Salesman as William Lohman or uh, Colin Hanks doing some off-Broadway indie stuff uh, with a cool group of folks plus Death of a Salesman. Yeah, uh, so I, I'm i leaning towards Tom Hanks because it feels a little bit like something that he would do. Mm. But the timing of it feels weird because yeah. as we've talked about before, the the stretch from like 92 to 2002 is like nonstop hits yeah uh and so it is weird that he would just quit during that sure to well to do broadway but as stated in the question or in the prompt after a string of critical film successes right, he chose yeah. to ground himself fuck it i'm picking that one okay tom so hanks you- is as as billy loman <laughs> all right uh, well, sir, guess what, motherfucker? You are still zero for this entire Son series. Son of a bitch! You have yet to guess any of them correct, Fuck. sir. It was, in fact, you're the polar opposite this week because it was Rita Wilson with Larry David's play me? Fish in the Dark. Yeah, dude, God you were damn it. as wrong God as damn you it. could be. Fuck. <laughs> I'm getting worse. Yeah, your radar for this is... I dig it into the shop, man. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I I think I'm... I have to hand in my citizenship. I don't... I think I'm no longer a Hankistani. <laughs> well, given that there's only two of us in the entire state, I believe that dissolves us as a nation state at that point, too. Oh, well... Well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't, then. Yeah. We'll, you can hold we'll on look to at it our, for now. our constitution and see what it says. 
Yeah, we'll put you on probation, but yeah, you're you're still off base, my man, as far as these Fuck. have gone. So maybe you'll redeem yourself next time. One would hope that eventually mm-hmm. I'll get one of these right, but yeah. I don't know anymore. Fuck. <laughs> well, let's see. On that note, let's look ahead. And Luke, that is uh, next week we are watching 1993's Sleepless in Seattle. Mm. And this is one that you've seen, correct? And this is, I believe, one that you've also seen, correct? I have, but only in German. Mm. Because I believe from what you've explained to me, you watched this in German class in high school. Yes. Do you happen to remember the title for Sleepless in Seattle in German? Not even a little. That's fair enough. Uh, Well, Sam, what the hell do we do now, then? So, I, I can give what my vague recollection of the movie was okay i actually i would love that especially because you consumed it in a language that is not your native language and was probably more confusing (laughs) oh it 100 percent was yeah um so i i think it's like tom hanks and and meg ryan are in seattle Mm -hmm. and like they one of them runs like a radio show (laughs) um or something and they like communicate via the radio because it's like a call-in show like delilah i think Mm -hmm. and and i think it's like sort of a missed connections type thing through the radio and and it's just them trying to fuck (laughs) (laughs) man you know that's all i got through the German, that was pretty good, and I will not color in anything else for you. I think you're, oh, you're still going to have a pretty fresh plate on your hands as okay. far as uh, whatever Sleepless in Seattle is in German, which we'll we'll look up before this next episode. Oh, yeah. No, we'll we'll figure something out uh, for, for that title. Yeah. Well, shit. Well, in the meantime, between episodes, uh, why, don't, uh, why don't our listeners check out... Uh, our Facebook, uh, we're Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. You can also find us on our brand new Instagram uh, mm-hmm. at Hanksy Panksy Pod. And uh, you can also email us at Hanksy Panksy Pod at gmail.com. Please get in touch with us. Uh, we'd love to hear, hear your thoughts and opinions. Uh, you know, drop us a review. And also, uh, please please share us with your friends. You know, we don't we don't really advertise this outside of you know posting on social media. So would would love if you'd pass it around. Uh, and uh, and also wanna wanna give a shout out to uh, Ryan Boyd for our kick ass intro music. Mm-hmm. And you can follow them at Ryan Droid D R O Y D on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. So Luke. Would you like to hit us uh, with that final quote? I would indeed. And uh, sir, you gave it away a little bit, but it is. That's easy for you to say. You don't have to spend the next six months in Saskatchewan. (laughs) (laughs) God, what a fucking flick. Yeah, what a time. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, thank you for listening to another episode.